0: Coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show.
1: Should I marry my fiance? I
0: don't know, should you? (laughs) Well. The fact that you're calling me suggests that you probably don't think you should be. Correct, right.
1: I I, I kind of already,
0: yeah. Really? This this could be the fastest call in the show history. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, what's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. And my voice is cracking because puberty's here finally. My dad said it would come at some point. Hey, we're so glad you're here on the greatest mental health and marriage and parenting podcast that's ever, ever existed, ever existed. Um, if you want to be on the show, if you want to call, and I, don't, I may not know the answer, but I'll. I promise I'll sit with you. Um, if you want to be on the show, talk about what's going on in your life, and really, like, what what can you do next, right? Because that's really the only thing we can we can we can change or affect is what happens. What happens next? What's the next thing we do? Um, give me a call one 693 3291 It's one 693 3291 or go to dot slash ask. Um, quick couple of housekeeping things. Please follow me on the Instagrams. Oh, it gives me hemorrhoids every time I ask. But please do it. Please do it. Please do it. And um don't forget to subscribe. Five tar review, all the all the digital internet y things. And you know what? High five. If you see me, just high five. That seems like subscribing, right? I don't know. Whatever. Let's go to Jessica in San Antonio where they have the Alamo, which is where they have Peewee Herman's basement. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Good. You?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Usually all right is code for not very great.
1: Well, <laughs> well, I don't think I'd be calling if I was doing wonderful. <laughs>
0: Fair. Well played. Okay. So what's up? How can I help?
1: Hey, Okay. So my question is, um, should I marry my fiance? I don't
0: know. Should you?
1: <laughs> well, hold on. All right. So I don't,
0: I, I, before you even tell me what's, what's going on, the fact that you're calling me suggests that you probably don't think you should be. Correct.
1: Right. I, I, I kind of already, yes, I'm on that, that, uh, I agree.
0: Really? This, is mean, a, this could be the fastest call in the show history. <laughs> All right, tell me what's up. Tell me what's up.
1: <laughs> okay, so there, there's really a lot to this, but uh, I'll try to make it really short. Okay. Um, so we have currently been dating for about two years, um, off and on, very tumultuous. Um, he lived with me for a period of time. Um, during that time, it was rocky. He moved out, got his own place, no problem, great.
0: What does tumultuous and rocky mean? Those are vague things. It can mean abuse. It can mean infidelity. It can mean chaos, stealing your money. What does that mean?
1: Um, well, chaos Um. on my end and his. Um, he's diagnosed uh, schizophrenic. Okay. Um. And he was not on medication for a majority of the time that he was staying with me.
0: What was, um, what was your chaos related to? Uh
1: I have some paranoid uh issues as well. I was on uh medicine for like paranoia, okay. um depression, anxiety.
0: Okay. Do either of y'all um, do either of you use?
1: Um, so yeah, that's what I'm getting to. Okay. <laughs> so um no, I do not. Uh, I do not currently I do not do anything. Nothing. I don't smoke, drink, nothing. Okay. Nothing whatsoever. Um now, I did in the past, um, so I think that might have contributed to my mental problems. What was your drug um, of choice? Well, um, preferably I would smoke marijuana, but okay. I also did dabble in party drugs such as like a uh, Molly. I okay.
0: don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes, very, um, very much so. Yeah.
1: Okay, um, and I think that the Molly I really think contributed to my
0: my mental. Uh, paranoia. Uh, yeah, I can frown. Yeah. So, did, did, were you hallucinating? Were you seeing stuff?
1: Not seeing things, but very uh, paranoid as far as like, oh, this person's following me. Um, okay.
0: Okay.
1: You know, yep. uh, my boyfriend's cheating on me. Yep. Um, just all of that.
0: Okay. Um, so, here we are. You're engaged. You, after all that, you look at each other and you say, we should get married. <laughs> <laughs> we should get married. And they're like, yep. Yep. Sounds genius. Sounds great. Y'all we went to right. the IHOP and you were like, You're the one, right? Just, just yeah. leaned over <laughs> yeah. the table. Right. All right. So you're engaged now.
1: hmm So what? um he he's he's living on his own. Um he said, you know, okay, we're engaged. I want to come clean. Um I use- <laughs>
0: <laughs> usually you come clean before, but right, hey, you right, know what? Here right. we are. They're here. We're here. Right. We're here. Right.
1: Okay. Um he says, I want to come clean. I I used meth. Okay. I said, okay. Um, I said, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and he said, no, it was just one time. I used it when I moved out of your apartment, when I was moving my stuff out. Um, that was the only time. However, before he moved out, um, I did go through his phone. Um, and I found some messages from him to an unregistered number in his phone. Asking for a 20, asking, small amount, yeah. asking for a small amount. Mm-hmm. And I had confronted him about it, and I said, what's up? Are you, are you using drugs? No. He said, no, I'm not. I was getting them for somebody else.
0: Okay, and it made <laughs> sense to me. How could that possibly have made sense to you? Because he has a very
1: um, self-righteous attitude towards, like, my family and my family's addiction problems um he would talk negatively about um often my brother, often the often. most
0: the most if you want to know what somebody is truly dealing with like deep behind all their masks and their their seven layers of skin you want to know what somebody's really struggling with find out what they're self righteous about cuz that's what that's that's where the that's where the dragon sits to cover up that wound inside Someone's obsessed with your sexual activity or they're struggling. Someone's obsessed with, I can't believe addicts are, man, they are, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, but I I get it. So you think he's been using meth all along. There's some, there's some real, real, some, some significant overlap and similarities in um, symptomology, right? In, in the way that someone who's methed out or someone who's struggling with schizophrenia um presents to mm-hmm. the world. Right. Very, very similar overlaps.
1: Right. Exactly. And that and then that's another reason why like the you know, the symptoms that I saw that I could, you know, that I would have just attributed to a drug problem, I, you know, knowing his diagnosis, attributed it to just his mental uh disorder. Gotcha. Um and let's so let's be
0: clear, he may have full blown schizophrenia. If right. he does, meth is not helping that problem. Right. Right. And or he mm-hmm. might not have schizophrenia at all. He might um just right. be methed up and seeing things or experiencing things and um have an un unclear understanding of reality. Um yeah. So here's here's my thought. The bigger problem is not that he's used drugs, okay. Um, I'm never going to tell somebody you should never marry somebody just because of things they've done in their past. I think that's a shallow, lame way to look at the world. But I do think there are some things to be cautious of, and I am much more concerned um, that there's deceit, there's dishonesty here. Um there is hiding and sneaking. He's sneaking around you. You're going through his phone without telling him he's doing this. He's, I, I just, the whole thing feels really, it feels like you are going to an amusement park and you're signing up for the ride that ends in a train wreck. That's what it feels like. I I, I agree. But I will never, ever, ever tell you, unless there is um, abject abuse To not get married. That's a choice you have to make.
1: Right. And if any. Anybody who knows me knows that. I will do. What I want. That is. I mean that's.
0: That's just the. then, Then let me take him out of the room. You are not ready to get married. (laughs) <laughs> because I, I, I'm serious because marriage is you walking to somebody else. This whole nonsense. Look, dude, I, I'm convinced with all my guts. The last 25 or 30 years, all of the marriage advice, if you will, if you want to call it that, was you have to be 100% whole before you can marry somebody. And what we have now is an entire generation of married individuals who are cohabitating their homes, are co-managing their marriages, are co-managing their children, they're co-managing their houses, and they are no more married. They're just glorified roommates who hook up less and less and less and less. And so, as as crazy as this sounds. The idea that like I'm just gonna get what I want, then dude, don't get married because that's not marriage. Marriage is taking a knee and saying I will dedicate my life to making sure you're you're elevated, and hopefully you marry somebody who has that same sentiment, and you both spend your lives bringing each other up. Right? So yeah, dude, you're not ready. You're not ready to get married.
1: (laughs) I just mean, as in the fact of like no one's gonna be able to tell me, you know don't do it. And if I'm not, uh, if I don't agree with that statement, then I am I probably still would do it even though I know it's a train wreck waiting to happen.
0: Oh, so if not, somebody not
1: says, not hey, that, quick. Not that I would be, not that I wouldn't be, give myself to him fully and want the best for him and, you know, his needs and things like that. But I'm just saying, like, as far as like, if someone were to tell me, no, don't do it, I Probably
0: even if I know it's going to end badly, I' probably still be. so like practically speaking stepping right. stepping back, I would want to see um if you're my if you're my best buddy you're my sister I would want to see a you two go to some premarital counseling that includes total truth telling I would right. want to see a mutual commitment to sobriety, and that's not just like yeah that means that, we're going to go to both of us are going to go to meetings every day for the next 60 days. I would want to see a mutual commitment to going after a period of 60 days of getting sober, going back to a psychiatrist, getting another um, mental health eval. And then if I do have schizophrenia or if I have damaged myself psychologically neurologically through my drug use, and I now need support and resources to be able to, be a functioning member of society, which is great. There's no problem in that. Um, Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to get the meds that I need. I I would want to see we are entering into this thing, both of us with a plan on how we can best be whole and show up for one another. Right. And based on what you've told me, that is a tall order.
1: Well, actually, no marriage counseling was in the uh, plans as
0: far as, um they, but marriage they, counseling you can't just go and talk about stuff you have to go set out a plan and then that the execution of that plan is going to okay. be is going to be the indicator that says yes we are both we're both on a healing journey together and we're going to do this i think you can here's my bigger question less about did somebody use meth more about what is so devastating Inside the body of somebody that is using math. That this is helping them get through their day. Because, because dude. Alcohol. Weed. What, those things work. That's the, that's the deal. They work. Cooking works. It helps pull your body away from trauma. From pain. From hurting. And. And. It disassociates you from yourself and everybody else. It kills you over time. And so the question is not, why are you using drugs? The question is, what is going on inside of you that this is the best way your body's figured out how to cope? And that's what we're going to unwind in rehab. That's what we're going to unwind in AA. It's what we're going to unwind with a mental health professional. And Then when we get all the trains back on the tracks, then we're talking, hey, let's start making long-term plans together. Um, And man, I think you walk alongside each other in this. You clearly love this guy and um, he loves you. I think y'all make a plan to walk together, but here's the deal. If you get married next weekend, I'll cheer you on. I'll want the best for you. I'll want it all to work out. Super, super great. I will never root against you. Uh, But if you were my friend or my sister, I would say, hey, let's, 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 slow the roll a little bit and uh, let's come up with a better plan. I wish you guys the best, Jessica. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back. All right, let's go to Stephanie in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where it's cold outside. What's up, Stephanie?
2: <laughs> um, not a whole lot. How are you doing?
0: Good. Is it so cold?
2: Um, It is pretty cold today, but you know,
0: what does that mean? To it. <laughs> what does that mean?
2: <laughs> I think it's, I mean, it's probably like thirty or something. I haven't even looked at the weather to be honest.
0: nope, nope. it got <laughs> to be thirty uh Tennessee shuts off. They just turn off everything oh, goes this right. is
2: like this is like defrosting for us. But this is not cold
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. all right, so what's up stephanie let's, let's 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 get to solving,
2: yeah, so um, I wanted to see if you could help me with setting some boundaries for my alcoholic mom. Um, I already have a pretty broken relationship with her, but I really only see her around holidays. So we are kind of coming off of the holidays. Um, and even with those kind of like not seeing her so much, it still kind of affects me if she's not sober or things like that. And I just wanted your perspective on what to do.
0: So when you, when you say, tell tell me about how it affects you. Let's go, let's start there.
2: Um, so like this past Christmas, we were going to get together with my brothers. Um, I have three older brothers, but one doesn't see her anymore. Um, And she is in a state of mind. I don't know if it's alcohol or other drugs that like she cannot come. Um, And so we do it without her and that's, it's fine. I get to see my brothers and my nieces, but it's still like the next day she'll call and be like, Oh, I just didn't feel good yesterday. Can we reschedule? And I'm upset about it. I don't know. Like,
0: so I I want to call out the front first part of what you said. Mm -hmm. I think when you when, y'all have planned enough events, and I and this is something I know firsthand, okay, uh, not with my mom, but with other people that I care about,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you plan something firsthand,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and you make the plans. Everybody's in. There's probably some text messages flying back and forth with some extra exclamation points or some funny memes, and you do it every year. And this is what kids of of addicts. This is who people who love addicts are people who struggle with addiction. This is people who are in relationship with people who struggle with addiction. You allow yourself to believe this is the year. And you get your hopes up a little bit. Then it, the same thing happens. And then you said the magic word. It's fine. We all get together and it's fine. And here's, (laughs) let me hear you say, it's not, it's not mom should be there. She's not. And so then there's this air of disappointment and you've probably over the years gotten really good at taking disappointment and burying it in the backyard. And when you do that, it grows and it grows and it grows and it kind of pulls the whole house down, right? It just sinks everything. And then you feel crazy and then you get pissed at her. And it, and it, for me, it all starts and ends with expectations. Yeah.
2: And I think at this point I, I do, I'm, I'm to the spot where I kind of expect her to not be
0: able to come. I, I know, but you kind of hope she does, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you have little so ones? Do, do you have kids?
2: No. And that's okay. part of the thing. My husband and I are starting to like, that's going to be the next phase of our life. And so it's like, that would change things too. And so it, for me to, and so I'm kind of to the spot, do I, do I stop trying to plan things with her? Cause that feels really harsh. Um, but, like, I have, one bro- I have one brother who's done that, and then I
0: have another brother who thinks that's wrong, and yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I think you need a pretty robust season of letter writing to her and with letters you're never going to give her. Okay. Here's what I'm really mad about, and maybe for the first time, being honest with yourself and going down that rabbit hole. I'm really, like, angry, and that anger may be back to when you were a kid. And also, I'm really, really sad. Like, I miss you. Like, I want my mom to come to Christmas and buy me a present and be proud of me. And that's not madness. That's not crazy. That's not entitlement, whatever. That's just like, that's human nature. Like, I want my mom to give me a Christmas present. And she won't even come because she's... Too stoned or too high or too embarrassed or too shameful or whatever she's feeling. Um, I, I think it's important to sit in some of that. And you might need to get a counselor with that. You might need to write those and read them to your husband and say, you can't look at me and I don't want to hit you like whatever rules you need to come up with. But um, Or mm-hmm. to get a group of women or go to a group, whatever it is. But I think you need to begin to grieve it because on the other side of grief is reality. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the way this is. I, I have managed this kind of thing in my life. With I plan things full on, and they are, the plans I make are complete, and anyone is always welcome to be in addition to those plans. So I set extra seats at my table, and this is metaphorical and and literal. I set extra seats at my table because somebody coming extra that I didn't plan for is a bonus. It's a gift.
3: hmm
0: it's not a the whole. I don't build something on everyone's got to be here. Or the whole thing falls over, right? And that at it's, it's some level it's protection, but some some level it's just me dealing with reality. And I think both of your brothers are handling it on two opposite sides of the spectrum, and both of them are not are not dealing with reality. One of them is scorched earth, dude. That's your mom, right? Hmm. And the other brother is like, it's all good, dude. It's all good. <laughs> it's like, no, she is a uh, person who is struggling to the point that she's hurting people that she reports to care about. And then you're there yeah. in the middle, right? Let me, yeah. let me give you this. You are not a bad daughter for keeping yourself and your marriage safe. You're not a bad daughter for thinking If I have a baby right now, I don't want my mom around this baby. And at the same time, I have to have my mom with me when I have a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Both of those things.
2: Yeah. It's definitely tough because it is such a – we only see her so often. And it just – yeah, it's a repeated –
0: most people in your situation spend a ton of energy propping up a fantasy that at one point the same whole thing's going to turn around. It's going to be all good. And if I could just say the right thing or plan the right thing or get the right food or get the right meal, or get the right gift, then it will all be okay. And this isn't on you.
2: Yeah. And I'm not quite in that spot where I feel like I'm trying to get it all perfect so that we can be together and like pretend that we're a family because even when she's there, it it doesn't feel like we're a family. Like it's obviously broken. We all know it's broken. We're not pretending there's an elephant in the room. It's just, I don't even enjoy that. Like, right. Like being it's, so, and that's, yeah. I think what I'm struggling with is like, it's hard to be around her even when she's sober. Cause then it's still, it's like our relationship. I don't know. That's, I think what I'm struggling with is like, is our relationship even something that I can spend time around her?
0: Maybe not, not be- maybe not right now. Okay. And maybe she's making some choices right now where she's choosing to not be in a relationship with you. That's probably a better way to look at it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And to, to truly get there, you've got to come up with, here's what I deserve in relationships. Here's what I give in relationships. Here's what I need. And if you're the child of an alcoholic, you've probably been spending your whole life trying to run around and solve what somebody else needs. And you tend to bury your needs because you, there's no value to them, right? Who cares what my needs are? I've got it. My life is spent m- meeting somebody else's needs, and maybe for the first time, you start to ask yourself, "Here's what I need."
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And if she chooses to not meet, meet those needs, then she's choosing to not be in relationship with you, and then you got to deal with that because that hurts.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's the path towards owning reality. This is this is I got to choose. I got to choose reality. And maybe some of the choices of choosing reality after like what I do now, maybe I'm going to get a couple of older women in my local community that are friends of friends or a buddy of mine, her mom, or some people at my church, if, if you're a churchgoer, And I'm going to start making connections because I need an, a wise voices in my life, right? I need older women in my life who have been where I'm headed. Um, and that's just not going to be from my mom. Yeah. And that hurts so bad, I know. Yeah. Stephanie, it sounds like you're there. What's the holdup?
2: Um, I I think it's just the, I'm sick of going through the same things over and over again Mm -hmm. and, like, having the same conversations with my brothers and just, like, feeling we get nowhere, like,
0: Okay, so Um, what if you stopped? Then how do you, like when if I said no more calling your brothers, mm
2: -hmm.
0: no more calling your mom, that season's over. From this point forward, you're going to do Thanksgiving and Christmas elsewhere. You and your husband are just going to go do your own thing. You're going to make it up as you go. You're going to go up to Traverse City, and you all just going to have a fun weekend, and that's going to be Christmas. That's going to be Thanksgiving. How do you feel thinking through that?
2: Better the times that I don't have to try to plan things with her, like, so what's holding you back from making that move? Because I have people that tell me that that's like wrong to do, okay? Because she's my mom, yeah, and um, I do have a brother that's a pastor, and so he also looks at that as like, that's not what Jesus would do, right? She's broken. She has this mental illness. She's not strong enough. Me not reaching out to her hurts her a lot. And I'm like, but I'm in the back of my head, I'm like, that's the bed she made, not me. So I go through that thought a lot of like, I'm hurting her, but it's not my fault. Um, is the thing that's what it, I struggle with.
0: Is the things you've done up till now helping? no. <laughs> And so there's this idea that I'm just an, an endless bottomless pit of, I just keep showing up. I just keep showing up. And that is not about helping this situation. That's about you feeling better. That's about your brother feeling better. Right?
3: Yeah. Because yeah.
0: I mean, if you want to get theological for a second, Jesus showed up, man, to people on the margins. That's where I've spent my whole life is with sitting with people on the margins that everyone else says you're not lovable for whatever reason. I believe mm-hmm. in that. And he also said, there's a moment when you dust your sandals off and you head to the next town. When your help or support is not welcome here. And that's a fine line. I get that.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. And that's why I'm saying one of your brothers who just cut your mom off. I mean, I I couldn't do that. Some people could. I could do that. But it might be that I'm going to send a letter once a month so that my mother never, know, never forgets that I love her. And then I'm thinking about her. I'm not in a place where I can call because calls always devolve into guilt trips and why didn't you do this? And then I get sick to my stomach and I throw up and then it brings up old stuff. So that's not a healthy move for me. It's not because I'm a coward or weak or a bad daughter. It's because it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very toxic. It's not smart, but I will write a letter. Every month, reminding my mom how much I love her. I'm thinking about her and I care about you. That's it.
2: I do like that idea. I you, think that's
0: very doable. But all that starts from what do I actually need? And maybe part of what you need, Stephanie, is I need a relationship with my mom in some shape, form, or fashion. I also mm-hmm. need to not get sucked into these two-hour vortex phone calls where I hang up feeling like the worst human has ever lived. Yeah. Because my mom can be a vampire. Okay so now I've got to come up with a solution between I can't just abandon my mom and I can't continue engaging in our relationship the way we have, so I've got to do something different
3: mm-hmm.
0: and maybe it's I don't um text mom i don't I'm not going to return text anymore we're just going to communicate via letter and if yeah. you have an, if you have an emergency, please reach out um or i'm will only respond to mom's text forty eight hours after I get it unless it's an emergency and that yeah. gives me time to process it and feel it and then I'm not just responding out of emotion you see what I'm saying but this is you yeah. here here's the magic word be curious about it don't rush to say I'm the worst ever I hate all of it and be curious about it whoa my mom just sent me a text and it really got me all fired up what is it about this text that is sending me down a rabbit hole mm. does that make sense and you're gonna begin to learn a lot about yourself yeah how long is your mom's alcoholism has she struggled
2: uh, my whole life. Okay. Yeah.
0: Have you gone to see somebody?
2: Um, I have. Yeah, and um, my parents got divorced when I was like nine, nine. and okay. that's when I like went to Al-Anon and got some help. And my dad's gone through a ton of therapy as well, and so awesome. it's definitely something that we've come together on. Like the like my dad's side of the family, like it's a big conversation. We we talk it through and are healthy and cool in our own ways, but yeah, my, I don't have like a memory of a sober mom. I mean like, yeah, I lightheartedly joke that my stepmom is like my mom, but, um,
1: it's, yeah, it's still.
0: But has she served that role? Yeah, she has. Okay. Maybe you need to grieve that too and celebrate it at the same time.
2: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Cause I was supposed to be your mom and thank God somebody else stepped in to fill that gap. Right.
2: Yeah. That was a huge blessing. Yeah. Like
0: it's a, yeah. it's a both end, right? That's tough. That's yeah. tough, tough, tough. <clears throat> it's a both end. Um, yeah, I th- I think you're right, right there. I think you're right, right there. Um, I just want to give you permission to put on your oxygen mask first, as you know the old cliche is, and that's going to look different for you in different seasons. And there may be a season when you feel strong and robust, and I'm wading into this stuff, Mom. I'm dragging you by your pigtails we're going to aa i'm not having you may have a season like that and there may be a season where i gotta get some space and separate and i gotta make sure i'm whole and well and okay um so that i can do the hard work of heading back in and again you brought it up so to get theological for a minute jesus continually retreated to recharge right to get prayer and quiet time and in fact, he lamented, I don't have a place to rest, man. I need to catch up. But I always get dragged back into this stuff. There comes a moment when I got to step back and say, what do I need to be whole and well right now so that I can love as best as I can moving forward? Um, I would say, given all things, your, your mom won the lottery with you as a daughter. You're a pretty amazing woman, Stephanie. And um, I appreciate your call. Thank you so, so, so much. We'll be right back. All right, let's go to Z in Eugene, Oregon.
4: What's up, Z? Hey, Dr. John. Uh, so um, I recently came to find out about you. Um, I wrote into the Ramsey show actually because I was struggling quite a bit and got uh, directed to you. And uh,
0: <laughs> you, you, got, reading, you got you started- got sent over to the B team. Sorry, man. No, 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 no.
4: <laughs> They they had very nice things to say about you actually, so um and started reading your book, uh the the Own Your Past one. And it's been uh first just wanna say uh you have a very good writing ability. I I write, I'm I have no books, but you're a good writer and a lot of the things that I've read so far really like struck me. I'm as I'm going through I'm highlighting things and sharing things with other people where I'm like, is this not true? Uh, it means the world to and, me. Uh, Thank you, man. Yeah. It, it's been a great book so far. And, uh, uh, chapter two, especially really kind of slapped me in the face a little bit. And I was like, yeah, okay. Well, I don't feel quite as crazy now cause this is all true. Um, but, uh, just to give you like a little bit of background about me, um, I'm 34 today is actually my birthday. Uh,
0: Happy birthday, man.
4: Thank you. It's, it's, it's been for quite a while. Uh, birthdays are, are tough. Um, and I, I don't know why, but like, uh, so I was born on Friday the 13th and now it's Friday the 13th again. And I'm like, oh, this is a little strange, <laughs> but, um, they've, they've become hard. They've been hard for years and years because, uh, in my late teens, uh, I started to have some struggles with depression and it wasn't anything really serious at the time. But, uh, then in like early twenties, like 23 or so, it hit really hard to the point where, uh, I had to go be put in the hospital and put on suicide watch and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and ever since then it's been, uh, it's been a very long, difficult struggle. It's been about 10, 11 years of that, where uh, it's just like walking through a desert. And and the worst part of all... um, So after my first, like, real battle with major depression, where it was just sucking the life out of me completely and nothing felt right, and... um, you know, you obviously are familiar with what happens. Uh, it 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 felt like a mental cancer to me, is what it felt like. I don't know what cancer feels like, but mentally, that's what I felt like I was going through, where I couldn't function and I nothing felt right and nothing feels right. Um, but yeah, after so the so first round of
0: that, do, I want to double click on that for a second. So you have a. Is it that you are going through experiences and that you think should feel a certain way and your body is just not responding with the, the right feelings? You hold somebody's hands, you kiss them. And the words I've, I've heard often is, I feel, I feel nothing. Like my heart rate doesn't get up and the adrenaline doesn't pump. To, I, it's like the, I'm trying to start the car and it won't start. Or like your legs yeah. feel like concrete and you can't get out of bed. And someone could say, oh, yeah. "Get up, dude!" And, and, but, like,
4: I can't move. And and worse than that, I mean, uh, the the past two years, especially, it's gotten to the point where, like, uh, you know, I've I've wished for death. I've mm-hmm. prayed for death, um, not because I want to die, but because I I don't know that anybody dealing with a mental illness like truly wants to die. I think they want the pain to stop. That's right. That's one hundred percent. And so, yeah, and and. I mean, I don't want to say good things have come out of this, but some, I guess, because uh, in the early days of this, you know, I did drink and I did do some some foolishness. And now I'm very careful not to do that stuff because it just makes it worse for me and probably for everybody. But so I don't do that. I don't do drugs or anything. Um,
0: Okay, so let me. This is going to sound like a strange question. Mm hmm. But alcohol worked, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that
4: definitely gave me something.
0: There you go. So my question right now is, I, I'm really, really proud of you for stepping away because mm-hmm. you were doing stuff that you knew in the short term and in the long term were no good. They made mm-hmm. you less versions of yourself. Mm-hmm. But often, the I'm trying to think, it's, I don't know if it's, Adler, one of the famous psychologists said something profound that has stuck with me. They said, I thought that if I took away my client's depression and anxiety, I would make them whole. Mm-hmm. And what I found is when I took away their depression, and anxiety, I made them empty. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing to backfill it. And so right. you stop doing these tough things. What have you done in their place?
4: Um, I definitely, uh, at the time I was drinking and doing dumb stuff, I was, uh, I grew up religious and I definitely wasn't for a long time. I definitely had some uh, anger there. I've I've been trying to turn that around for several years just because.
0: Hold on, hold on. Stop going to war with Z. I like you. (laughs) Can I tell you that? yeah of um, course. I like you, like I think you would be my friend hopefully and i i i've been through dude I've been through profound seasons years at a time when I was a functioning atheist. I've been a functioning atheist in religious environments where my job like part of my job was my belief structure, right, right. and there's a difference between going to war with myself. And it's like going outside and staring at the sky and demanding that it look green. And it's like, it doesn't, it just looks blue. And I can squeeze my hands real tight and I can bang my head against the hood of my car. It's Right now it just looks green, man. I mean, it just looks blue. I can't make it look green. (laughs) And so there was that switch for me that was, I'm just going to quit going to war with myself. I I will have people in my life that hold my actions accountable when it comes to belief and it comes to feelings. My systems are just not don't work that great sometimes, and so I'm gonna be I'm gonna hold them really really loosely. And I know some religious structures. What I don't I don't know your background with that. The the looser you hold it, the more they tell you you're failing and that you're hated mm-hmm. and that you're not loved. And I want to tell you that's right. nonsense and it's bullcrap. Yeah, it's not true.
4: Okay. Well, and I've been, I've been lucky to have good people in my life who never made me feel like I was, uh, what would you call it? Like defective in that regard or that I wasn't trying hard enough. Awesome. Um, they've just been like, you know, just keep moving forward. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Like if you have a lot of faith or a little faith, just hold on to what you have and, and don't let go of it. And, and sometimes so
0: sometimes I, there's going through the motions. I'm gonna do the right things even though I don't know what I'm yes.
4: doing. Right. So some of
0: that too, right? Yeah. But that can feel really hollow. It. I feel really hollow.
4: Yes. Yeah. And you know, the people who have known me the longest, they can tell that. They yeah. can perceive that. Sure. Um, but
0: definitely um So bring me to right now. Where are you right now? Well,
4: the thing I was gonna mention earlier is so in the middle of it, um, I had a little girl born and she's, okay. she is now nine. She okay. has been, uh, she's never known me without it. And she's seen a lot and probably had to put up with a lot as kids do that. I don't want to say is, uh, bad, but maybe not typical. And
0: have you hit your kid? Uh, no. Do you, I love your, do you love your kid? I do. Yes. Do you scream and yell in her face? I
4: actually, it, if you don't mind, like one of your the first shows I ever heard from you was uh, about a dad who had left his daughter, and I was mind boggled the whole time. And I heard your reaction, and I was like, "Yeah, that's me. Like I would rather I think I'd rather die than be split from my daughter." Right. But uh, yeah, I do love her, and so let me uh, say this: I definitely, have- she's
0: mm-hmm. she, she's probably doing pretty good.
4: I hope so. I do.
0: No, I, I'm I'm telling you right now, she's probably doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's some basic things you can do to hurt her outside neglect mm-hmm. and outright physical and emotional and psychological abuse. Doesn't sound like that. Mm-hmm. I can imagine you feel like you're talking with a blanket over your head, or you're talking with to yeah. her and you're underwater. That's depression, right? Right. She, right. she, hey, listen to me. She hears you and she loves you.
4: Yeah, she definitely does. Okay,
0: definitely you, does. You have an external voice that has the stories you tell yourself. So you, you read that book. We oh, yeah. have these stories we're born into. We have these stories that we're told. And over time, those stories become the stories we tell ourselves. Yeah. And depression is that and story. The and main,
4: the main story is just depression telling me that I've failed everybody and I've failed myself and right. I'm, I'm not where I should be.
0: That's right. And all of that, none of that is true. Mm-hmm. None of it. And the challenge is how can I come to a place of belief and truth in? How do I challenge that story over time? Right. Mm-hmm. And continue to function in the day to day? You got to change the oil on this car while you're moving, right? While you're driving down the road. That's tough. That's a tall order. Right. Have you reached the point where you're done? Or, or let me um, put it this way, you get really close to being just exhausted?
4: Yeah. It's been happening more and more in the past, like in the past years, especially where I just don't know how to carry on. Okay. And, I mean, she's not getting any younger either. She's going to need me even more in the future.
0: She won't be better off with you gone. Yeah. And my promise, if you're new to the show, is I won't lie to you. And I would tell you, if you need to get your get out of your child's life, I think I've done that before on this show, mm-hmm. your daughter will not be better off with you not here. Your daughter has a an immense ringside seat to a dad who's experiencing challenges and continues to get up and do hard things for himself and for those he loves and cares about which long term can be a I, I can't think of a higher gift and honor you could hand your kid mm-hmm. and so far from robbing her of some childhood that is, is was a fantasy to begin with you're actually giving her some pretty extraordinary opportunities to learn and grow and see and experience and empathize and feel. She's lucky to have you as her dad. I hope so. I, I Stop. Stop. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. I, I'm telling you. And I don't know my own words, but yeah. don't give up on yourself.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, I can tell you this this exactly. is my belief. I think if she wasn't here to kind of be like a lighthouse in the in the fog of mental illness uh I don't know that I would be here honestly i I don't want to think that, but there's been some close calls. We'll just say
0: okay Have you tried?
4: Have i tried i I've luckily. Called somebody before, as I was on the way to that. Good.
0: Do you, do you promise me in front of all these people listening and your daughter that you will always make that call?
4: Yes, I do. Okay. And I do, you know, I just, for your own knowledge, like I do uh, therapy regular, um, I am trying to find the right medication. It's been kind of a long list of strikeouts. So
0: there's, um, there's another side to that. Right? And let's just call it what it is. That's my community, right? The mental health community, that's that's where I was born yep. and raised. Right, right. But there's a point on the backside of a lot of counseling and the backside mm-hmm. of the medication merry-go-round that everything okay. feels like a waste of time. Yes, yep. Is that fair? And it right. almost, it, there's almost a compounding effect. This doesn't, it's not going to work for me. That's despair, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have they given you exercises? It's the L-dubs, man. Little wins.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Have they walked you through that?
4: Well, yes, but I've not been very good about uh, believing it, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So I heard recently, and this is, was a profound like, huh. Somebody was asking um, somebody about confidence. And they said, mm-hmm. after working with a bunch of leaders and people, the most confident mm-hmm. people I know are people who keep their promises to themselves. Right. And I think one of the roots of depression is, I have lost the ability to trust myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I would agree. the step out of it, yes, can be th- talking about it. And yes, absolutely. Finding the right medication. And if you got major depressive disorder, I'm telling you, just like if you had a heart challenge or you had knee surgery, and you needed crutches for a season, mm-hmm. finding the right medication is going to be very important. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have been there, my brother, and they yeah. I'm here because of it. Okay. There's no weakness. Right. Anybody who's like, oh, you're such so stupid. You're not. I get frustrated with my colleagues who are medical professionals who just sprint to that being the first solution on every little discomfort. That's not where you are, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a difference between I keep eating marshmallows and I throw up and stomach cancer. Both of them are, right, challenges with your guts. One of them takes significant intervention. The other is like, hey, qu- how about you quit eating marshmallows, right? right? So I don't want you to beat yourself up because of, what, because of the interventions you might need to take to feel well. Okay. Yeah. It might mean that you need to sit down with somebody and who knows about ketamine, or you sit down with somebody who needs to go through childhood traumas, or you need to go explore, get into medical trial for psychedelics. I think, like there's the the treatments for retra- like in retract, irretractable re- uh, depression right now um, are extraordinary. They're making some significant yeah. progress. The challenge is don't no. give up on yourself, right?
4: Right. Right. And luckily some of those kinds of treatments like I've followed up on and like they've, they've offered like a sliver of hope, which is, is something. It's awesome. So So here's the thing
0: I want you to practice on your own. Will you do, will you do Mm -hmm. this? Okay. So I want to make sure that you and I are on the same page. You are committed to staying connected with professionals, both mental health professionals and medical professionals. Right. Okay, cool.
4: I think my life depends on it. I would say.
0: Awesome. Hey, mine too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mine too. They put me under these bright lights and I'm sitting in front of a microphone, but mine too. <laughs> okay. Same team. Yeah. Um, I want you to practice something. Will you practice something? Yeah, of course. Okay. I want you to go to Walmart or go to Walgreens or one of these little corner stores and buy a small little journal. For like nine bucks or 10 bucks. Okay. Nothing fancy. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: And inside of it, I just want you to write little win number one. Mm -hmm. And then I want it to be really, really small. Like Mm -hmm. I will have breakfast with my daughter two times this week. That's it. Mm -hmm. And here's two things are going to happen. Number one, I will have breakfast. I will, I, I will be thrown, I will have breakfast with her.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: It might be that she goes out and goes to school, gets on the bus and goes to school and I go right back to bed for the next two hours. I will have this breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be a voice that says, what kind of freaking loser are you? You can only have, it's this much of of an effort to have breakfast with your daughter. God, she would have been better with any other dad in the world. I want you to write that story down. Okay, You have to begin to get those stories out of your body onto a piece of paper where you can objectively look at it. And when it takes over your your fight-or-flight response system, there is no more rational thinking about it because your body's at war. Yeah. Okay? So when that story comes, cool. And then here's the other story. There's going to be a week that you can't make it. You get up for one and you can't. Do it. That's when the pit opens up and you fall seven stories into the, into the black hole, right? Right. Before you fall, before you jump, I want you to be curious, not declare civil war on yourself. So I want you to be curious about, huh? What was my body protecting me from this week? That made that, that exercise that little win really really hard and if you approach your body with a sense of curiosity instead of a, a sense of shame and you suck and def- that gets defective and uh, there's a demo- different chemical pathway different chemical solutions to that <clears throat> does that make sense it's just a posture yeah I'm gonna quit hating yeah. Z because you know what nobody else does dude yeah can I ask you a hard question Absolutely. Have you done stupid stuff? Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> Have you been really in a dark place and thought this is it? And then you woke up and the next day, the sun came out. Yeah. Yes. Me too. You're not by yourself. And maybe, maybe you never heard this. You are worth being well, dude yeah and you're worth laughing and being silly and being goofy and saying i'm sorry cuz you're going to do more stupid stuff over the course of your life but most importantly you're worth not giving up on z this is despair Thank right you. continue Pardon. to go down the rabbit holes for these some of these new um new interventions mm-hmm. Uh, they're very, uh, the literature out there is very, very encouraging. My private conversations with people who've gone through them, it's extraordinary. Right. It's really right. magical. Okay. But yeah. you, uh, I want to make sure we got your promise. You're not giving up on you.
4: No, awesome. no. Because awesome. if I, the way I see it is if I give up on me, I'm I'm giving up on the people I love and I don't want to give up on them.
0: Okay. But also <laughs> you can't run your life. Based on other people At alone. At some point, you got to look in the mirror and say, I'm so glad that I'm here. Yeah. As bonkers as everything is, <laughs> I'm glad that I'm here. Yeah. Will you do one week of little wins and then write me back and let me know that you made it? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you do, I'm going to celebrate with you. Okay. <laughs> is that cool? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. And listen, when I had both my knee surgeries, I had to learn how to walk again. I kicked too many people and got kicked too much over the years. (laughs) And I had to learn how to walk again. And that meant I had to have two professionals, one on either side of me, holding me up while I held another little cane thing and we took a step and then another step. Right, right. And I never saw to this morning, the squat workout I did, and then going for a run. Like I didn't think that was ever gonna happen. It is. And so you're gonna feel stupid and small and little and less than by doing these little win exercises. All you're doing is re-teaching your body and brain how to feel. That's fair. How to win. Not even how to win. Like, how to win, bro. No, that's what I'm talking about. But like, (laughs) how to engage in life. Fair? Yeah. Fair enough. All right, my brother. Hey, I love you. I love you. And you've been fighting a war that most people have no idea about. And you go to the grocery store and you're at war. And you sit with your little daughter and you're at war. And you sit in the mirror and you're at war. And I want you to know you're worthy of peace. You're worth peace. The light's not going out, man. There's still hope. I'm glad you're with us. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show,, um, I thought I thought Willie Nelson wrote this. I didn't know Elvis wrote this. I'm sure Elvis didn't write it either. Elvis
2: didn't write his songs, so, but I believe he had it out first.
0: Elvis Presley's Always on My Mind. in honor of his daughter passed away, huh?
2: Yeah, Lisa Marie Presley died yesterday.
0: That is a man, a bummer man. Always on my mind. Maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. Maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have. Little things I should have said and done. I just never took the time. You were always on my mind. Maybe I didn't hold you all those lonely, lonely times. And I guess I never told you I'm so happy that you're mine. And if I made you feel second best, I'm so sorry I was blind. You were always on my mind. See y'all soon. Love y'all.